Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hey, what the actual fuckers, we have an amazing This Country prize draw going on at our Patreon page. If you're already at Patreon Bozo, you're in the draw. If you want to be in the draw, go over to www.patreon.com forward slash WTAF and donate as little as $1 a month. Your name will be in the hat and you will be helping to support our podcast. One Patreon Bozo will walk away with all this stuff. A signed pick from Daisy a full set of Series 1 A4 Posterity prints, a full set of Series 2 A4 Posterity prints, A3 This Country Posterity print, 5 This Country Mr. Men greeting cards, and a Big Mandy I Only Do Big Ones t-shirt size XXL. So come and join us over at www.patreon.com forward slash WTAF for your chance to win. And a big thanks to Connor Gilmore for being the latest Patreon bozo. Cheers, Connor. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hi, this is Jimmy Walker. I play Dan Greaves, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck, a This Country podcast. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man that, due to the current lockdown, is currently dating a woman called Brenda online after seeing her profile on the Angler's Weekly website. She just asked him to send her £3,000. Something smells fishy. It's Neil. I don't know which part smells fishy. It might be you. It might be the £3,000. I I never asked. I never asked. But it was, yeah, it was $3,000. Oh, was it? And that makes a difference, doesn't it? I didn't want to be ripped off. No, definitely not. Now, 
Our superfine guest this episode has had a glittering career of film and television, whether it's starring with Robert De Niro and Ricky Gervais in Stardust, or as Aveline on classic British sitcom Bread, or on various soaps including Emmerdale, Waterloo Road, and of course Coronation Street. But we will forever love her as Barry's wife-to-be Hazel in Avita's Own Pet, and as straight-talking campaigner Julie Price in the thick of it, please welcome Melanie Hill! Hello, hello, hey. hello from from Media City. Hello, hi. <laughs> so, right? how are you, Melanie? Um, yeah, I'm okay. It's all very weird, isn't it? You're obviously separated as well. It's are you two missing each other? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Do you live near each other? Actually. Yeah, we're about. Are we you actually quite close? We're about yeah, sort of, yeah. what, three, three, but four miles away, but. Yeah, don't really like each other. It's it's it's, well, it's, like, it's it's the classic sort of Ant and Deck. You know, everybody thinks that we're everybody thinks that we we finish a podcast and we toddle off off to bed and we put our pajamas on and we read yeah. a paper and smoke a pipe, but it's not like that at all. No, yeah, no, not like that. Stand his guts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said that. You can say that. Yeah. So, Melanie, um, let's yeah. start off. We always start off um, with on our this country podcast is finding out where you first saw or found out about this country um the first when it was on telly just started watching it and um i just actually fell in love with both of them i just think it's one of the best things i've ever seen basically um and then i've just been waiting for each series to come out and i cannot believe that there's not going to be another series because i also would like to be in it <laughs> play playing anything i'd literally look play anything in it but it, i just think it's a brilliant it's, uh, so how's it's your West country accent melanie um, probably shit. I, I, but I, I could come in as a Geordie, though, couldn't I? I didn't have to come Absolutely. from there. I could come in as a complete like vagrant, like dotter who who was just I don't know traveling in the country, causing mayhem. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, no, man, I just think it's it's wonderful show, and it's from the heart, and uh, it made me makes me cry and laugh, and uh, basically. I, I just smile every time it's on. I just sit there with a massive grin on my face and I'll turn around to my husband and I'll look at him and he's like sat there like that, <laughs> massive grin on his face. So it's just, uh, it's it's class, man. Class. So the one thing that we can do is we can tick your name off as you're not the actress that plays Curtin's Gran. Uh-huh. So that's, yes. That's one thing that we know. know for definite. Who's who? Who do you think it is? And spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen Series 3 and if you haven't, then... Uh-huh. Yeah, no... Oh. I thought there's just that one bit, isn't it? I've got, I, I don't know. I mean, people say like Judy Dench. It's not Maureen Lippman because I'm working with her and she would have let that out of the bag. Right. No, it's definitely not her. But um, this apparently is some really well known British actress, isn't well, it? Well, we think it's Tilda Lovely. Swinton. That's what we think is Tilda Swinton. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Christ. Um, well, that would be good. But you know what? I just recently found out that Stu was bloody Kerry. Yeah. Was, uh, that, uh, and I can't. Because, again, Jim, my husband and I, we were like, oh, God, I love that character. And, and in IMDb, when we IMDb'd it, it said something like Ivy Ballcock or something. Ivy Wilcock. It, and there was no... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Let's call the whole thing and, uh, off. <laughs> yay! Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I think it, I found out it was her, and I just, well, it's, that's my, one of my, well, they're all my favourite characters, but I just love... Falafel! The thing is, the thing no. is, Melanie, is it took me ages. I was trying to book Ivy Woodcock to come on the podcast. 
Because, really? I, because I didn't know until Neil told me. He said, you do know that that's Daisy that's doing yeah. that. But I said, you're joking. And yeah, so I've been trying to find her agent yeah. and who it was and stuff like that. Brilliant. So, so embarrassing. Brilliant. It's a bit of a giveaway, though. There was no picture on IMDb. I was like, why is there not a picture? And then I think it was on Lorraine. I saw her when she said it was... Uh, what's, I forget how I found out, but something that was obviously watching. It was like, fucking hell, it's, she's playing a mom. It's brilliant. So when it comes to series one and series two, did you binge watch them or did you watch them every week when they came out? Watch them every week, but then I've watched them, I think, a couple of times since then. Um, so, and I, don't, I was thinking which was my favourite episode, but, and every time I watch one, I go, that's my favourite episode, and I think, no, that, the one after is my favourite episode. So, um, I loved, I'll tell you what, what bit I really loved was the bit with her dad, the lovely Martin Mucklow. Mm. But the, um, you know, the fly, uh, the simulator, the flying. Christ, that was, that had me like in tears. You know, mm. when this will be a solo flight. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. Just, I, I think what's so brilliant is they make you laugh until you piss yourself laughing. And then you literally start crying in the same, and, and, and the other way around as well, in, in a heartbeat. Like, in, uh, the scene with the vicar, and his son, you know, his son who was a um, who was an addict. Yeah. yeah and they true. went to get a cup of tea. Him and Curtin went to get, a, and he was like looking after him, and he was like, "And thank you." And then I was crying, and then he went for whatever it is that you do, <laughs> and then I just burst out laughing. <laughs> and they went, "Shall we go and get a cup of tea?" And it was just like brilliant, brilliant. Mm. I just don't know how they came up with it. It's genius, mm. genius. And I know it sounds a bit wanky, this, but it is a bit Shakespearean. I think because it's so the emotions are just so massive. And remember the bit where um, Curtin was going to go off to work, and then she was sat in the playground, and he came back through, and he made, she made him go through the door, and it was just so like he's come back, he's come back to her. He's, you know, it's like a love story. Yeah. But, I don't know. I could go on all night going on about it, but <laughs> oh, no, just, that's brilliant. That's what we want. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. Without saying Kerry or Curtin, do you have a favourite character though? It changes. It changes every like virtually four or five times an episode because I'll get mad with one and then I'll go, oh, bless him. And then I'll, and then I'll, then I'll get mad. And you know, you just fall in and out of love and with them. And I just think, I feel like they're my best mate. Mm. I, I just feel protective of them. And, and, Oh, yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I'd met either of them. I'd probably make a complete twat of myself because <laughs> I would be very hero-worshipy. Did, did um, Daisy May go to Rada as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah right, yeah. I went to Rada many moons ago. Like, I left in 83, but, um, I mean, it, well, it's just great that she, apparently she came out of Rada and she didn't have a job and she couldn't, you know, they, they couldn't get arrested. And then they just said, let's do it ourselves. And I just, you know, well, thank God that they had that cleaning job and decided to do it. So, mm. um, but, um, but also, I work with another actor in it called David Hargreaves. Do you know Arthur? He plays Arthur. Yes. Yeah. One of the cantankerous old bastards. Yes. Yeah, I did a play, a play with him at Live Theatre in Newcastle. Um, and he had like a massive, it was a bit King Learish, the play, and he was the lead in it. And he was bloody amazing. And I was his like daughter-in-law, and um, so I was happy to see him in it. Uh, really happy um, because I think people will be dying to get in it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's oh, yeah. one of he's one of those guys that you see in so many things, 
Like one yeah. of those classic character actors that you you wouldn't know what his name is, but you see him. And when I when he, I think mm. he was in series two, or was he in the special? I think it was a special that he was in, wasn't it? No, no, he's he's been in quite a few, and he was in the all the cricket, you know, the uh, the, the bowls club, uh, the bowls club, yeah, the, the bowls club. That's uh, right. When he's round with Lane, and um, and then they have they're always having rounds in the street. Yeah, that's right. There's a start of one episode when they're having a row about a dustbin. <laughs> that's right. Um, and Len the yeah. the <laughs> yes. yeah. I'll me. tell you what. Yeah, go on. Go I was going to say to you, if one of the characters, if if you wanted to see a spin-off, which character would you most like to see a spin-off from? Oh, God. Oh my god, Mandy! <laughs> yeah. Big Mandy. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, she's terrifying, isn't she? Mm. Have you ever worked with we, Ashley before? We all know her. What's her name? Is it is Ashley Maguire? Ashley Maguire. Ashley Maguire. No, I haven't. But um, yeah, she's hilarious, hilarious. And I think I would be really fascinated to know about a tattoo business. How she got into that. <laughs> Now, can you imagine? <laughs> Which one would you choose, Melanie? Which one would you choose? What the tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> oh Christ! From what I can remember, they were all shit, weren't they? Were. They? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't tell her. Don't tell her. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I like the one on the neck. Has she got like dog prints, like paw prints? It is. Yeah, that's right. She has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. We've Brilliant. always said, Melanie, that everybody knows a Mandy. Or grew up knowing somebody like that. Was yeah. that the case for you? Yeah, I'm trying to think back. Yeah, there was a. It, it wasn't a woman. It was a bloke who was quite terrifying and sad. But um, I didn't know any women like that. But um, no, she's she's hilarious. And obviously, we've got to mention the wonderful vicar. Yeah. Who is is hilarious and and again really poignant. He just is so nice. It's like sickening. Um, but he's he's such a good actor, him as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's the glue um, that sort of keeps the whole yeah, thing Paul, together, yeah. isn't he? He's yeah, he is. He is. And, and do you know what they like? They remind me of my two girls, to be honest, Carrie and Curtin, because they're so like childlike. You know, there's some love. And I've got to say, some of the shots of of the whole area are just beautiful. And the and the you can see the um, little June bugs and the flies flying around and all the and just like you just go oh god i wish i was there and then they're playing a game and and rough and tumble they're just they're so childlike mm. and that's why i think you love them because i know they're petulant and they're horrible at times to each other but you just they get away with it because they love each other mm. and it reminds me of my kids literally that you know that you know when they like <laughs> want to when they can't think of anything funny to say they just crack each other but, but um, they but they oh, still love each other no matter funny. what. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. They, it doesn't matter what yeah. happens. They still love each other and got each other's backs as well. Yeah, I, you know, and I've got to say another thing. I lost my dad like three years ago, and a lot of he comes into me head a lot watching this, and it's because of like just the community. He lived in Workington, the community, the looking for scrap metal and stuff. He used to take me around breakers yards, and he always he'd never drive past a skiff without stopping. He, no matter where you were on a motorway, like skip, skip, and you'd have to like, and he ch- he would literally chuck me in as well, and I'd have to like, anything like get an old lamp and say I'll mend that. But I think it was that generation where he had like four Hoovers, and and none of them worked. But um, I think, but he but he would mend them, and one day there would one of them Hoovers would really work, you know, and he'd give it to somebody in the community. So. 
you know, that's why there's a, that's why I like those people, even though they're all batshit crazy, I guess. They're, they're, I know that I recognize those people from, you know, my family and, you know, people I know. Mm, mm. And is, is so, there anybody that you can think of in any sort of comedy show that is as evil as Martin Mucklow? Because I watched that scene again today from Series 3 when he's talking mm. to Kerry and saying that, you know, I had the pillow over your face and I had it just hovering over your head. <sighs> and I watched it and it just, it's so dark for a comedy it's show. It is, and the, the look on Daisy's face is of complete <laughs> horror. That's why she's so good, because she doesn't even need any words, because you just, you just, like, you know when she got the, um, the present, which was obviously from Curtin, she thought it was from her dad, and the joy, the, just the joy. But in a little face, and um, uh, anyway, I don't, um, no, I don't know anybody as evil as that. No, when he wouldn't even sign a card, a birthday card for a complete bastard that is a dad as well, isn't yeah, it? yeah, <laughs> yeah, that must be so weird. Yeah. Um, no, um, yeah, no, I don't know. No, I just, yeah, that's what he said, didn't he? He said, I've got no empathy, like. Did he kill a dog or something? I can't. Yeah, yeah. He, he, ran it over. he ran it over and had to go and finish it off, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you heard a word I've been saying? <laughs> Have you met him in real life? Is he real? Oh, we've, like? we've, we've we've had Paul in our studio many times. He's he's been he's done every one of our live shows. We've done three live shows, and he's been there. He oh, is really? he is for somebody that has not had training or is not an entertainer, if you like. He knows how yeah. to put on a show. If he put you put him in front of a, 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 a front of a crowd, he yeah. is amazing. He is fantastic. He really is. He's such a mm. and but like all of them, they're just lovely people. They're, there's no pretensions mm. there. They are just lovely, lovely people. And um, I'm sure if you ever came across them, mm. you you know you, it would be just wonderful to, to to meet them. It is. They're just lovely. Oh, people. I just give a big hug. I hate this this bloody time now. You can't go near people, can you? Can't, we were like, only you'd talking have to about... just be like, all right, exactly. all right, namaste. We were just saying that before we went yeah. on air you about how like... we're missing having hugs. That's what it is. It's just missing just hugging people. Because myself horrible. and Neil, we are huggers. We like to hug people. And it's weird when you, come, yeah, you see somebody and you think, I can't, mm. what am I supposed to do? It's really, really strange. It's weird that because I had this love-hate with the internet and it's almost, it's like pushing people into more going on to it more for example i said i was he's only five her son and i was like do you want me to buy him a nintendo and she was like well mommy's on the internet a lot more now and people are going on the internet whereas it's 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 kind of a bad thing that in a way but thank god for it like you're saying i don't know Mm. i just i I think it's a head fuck basically i don't know that's the only way you can describe it a head fuck yeah melanie the end of series three obviously the final series Mm. did it include um, as well as you wanted it to, did it, did it pick every box for you? I know no. it's the end, and we don't. I'd just like it to carry on. Do you know why they're not doing anymore? Is it? Do, it's not the BBC who's not. No, no, no. I think they basically they basically had run its course. They they said you know they couldn't yeah. keep up the quality anymore, and and the writing and the storyline. I bet they could. And I think I bet it, they could. You know, it was also the the loss of Slugs as well. The loss of Michael. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Was, was another yeah. thing that it sort of they felt that it was a bit. It's weird not doing it with him, which I can you can understand that as well because they were so close. Yeah, but they have see, more see your pal. Yeah, yeah, very close. Oh, yeah. yeah, I I I've got to say as well how they handled that. I thought was was brilliant because they did it in a in a really kind of it wasn't reverential. It wasn't you know it was it it was just 
I don't know, just it made me cry. But yeah, they they were just still having digs at him, and he still had a laugh from the grave, didn't he, with the whole break, the broken bed? Yeah, shit. I mean, we 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 knew <laughs> so, how hard it was for them to to, to film. You know, to film that was. because it was only a few weeks after mm. Michael had died that they had to had to film it as, oh, you know, a month or so. Oh, so it, it must have been. I mean, we we, we we yeah we saw Daisy on the Sunday after Michael died, and again she was yeah she, she wasn't in a good place. But bless her, we yeah it's mm. but it's you know they I think they they handled it's a it. great tribute absolutely mm. absolutely. So. um yeah. Going on to where you started, then Melanie, uh, you said that like a long time yeah. ago you were in Rada. Um, is that what you yeah. always wanted to do, be an actress? No, basically, I wanted to be a graphic designer, and um, and I tell you, it's quite interesting how I got into it because I'd never done any drama before at my local comp. I went to queer math comp, and the teacher um, they were doing the Crucible, and they had nobody. It's, it, it sounds a bit crass, but they had nobody to play Tichuba who is the Negro, black Negro slave who, who has got a, not a massive part, but a, a kind of cameo part. And it's, so they, they came to me and they said, would you play it? So I had never acted before and I said, all right, I'll, I'll have a go. And I did that. I, I was in that. And then the next year after that, I did a play called Blood Wedding and I bloody loved it. And then it was just from there. So it was a complete fluke because they didn't have anybody to play the part of the slave woman. And uh, I was, you know, because I was a bit of a kind of idiot. They thought I'd do it, and I did it. So, um, so thanks to me, drama teacher, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here now. So that's how I got into it. So that was a big step then from Newcastle. Was it Newcastle you were living in? Uh, Sunder- oh no! Oh sorry, not, not, the, not the Maggie. Sunderland. Not the Maggie's. Goodness me, Neil. Um, no, no, I'm a Mag- um, but No, I was Sunderland, and then yeah, I went from there. To, it was massive to go down to London, mm. and I hated every minute of it for at least three months I hated it because I just it was a culture shock um I was out of my debt really massively um and I lived with a complete lunatic in Camden town who used to open the door at night and left this wolf out the chad to just go out in, at two o'clock and used to I used to wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be sat he'd be stood here just looking at me in the bedroom like, like this fucking maniac dog it, uh, so it wasn't nice but um it was it was character building. I bet Absolutely. it was. I bet it was. Yeah. So so, what was the first sort of big job that you actually got then? Because did you go to loads of auditions and you know, the classic tale yeah. of well, getting used to saying "I've yeah. no" said to you all the time? Or? Well, do you know, I was very very lucky. I had a part. I had did two episodes of Juliet Bravo, with funnily enough, one of my best mates out from Rada. He played my boyfriend, so that was great. And then I got Alvina's own pet. So it was like massively early on that I got the best job in the world. Mm. So, um, and I actually went up for, not Hazel, I went up for um, Ali, Ke- Ali Thingy's wife. Um, right. What, yeah. You know, she was all Dolly, Dolly Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget, yeah, glamorous and everything. And I, w- I went up for her part. And the director came in and said to me, look, would you take all your makeup off? <laughs> Which, trust me, it's it's hard. It sounds stupid, but he was like, will you, will you take all your makeup off and come and read this part? I was like, okay. And it was to play Barry's girlfriend, uh, to be wife. And to be honest, I was so glad because that it, I, I loved that part so much. Mm. So I, it was good that I, I took my makeup off because I nearly said no. <laughs> 
because um, I was a bit embarrassed being a ginger and all, um, and looking like a sheep without the maple. But um, so, and then I got the job. So that was it. Really. So when you got the script for that, Melanie, did you yeah. realise that you were going to be in a classic? When you read it, could you tell that was going to be a classic? I knew it was going to be good. And I, I used to go, even when I wasn't on set working, I'd go. And all, all the rehearsals, I went. And they were like, what are you doing here? You know, And I was like, <laughs> just because I loved it. And the energy was massive. And obviously, the director had people who weren't, Jimmy Nail wasn't even that, an actor. So there was like a, a really great energy in the room and coming from RADA and everything I was just I just loved every minute of it basically and uh, I knew it was good but I never would imagine that I would be at the um you know I did the anniversary thing up in Newcastle a bit back at, and it's just the fans are phenomenal mm. they really are a bit like yourselves really and this country yeah, yeah. and I, I'm not being funny but it, this will probably be the same sort of thing you know I really think that because there's not very often things come a long way they've got heart and joy and laughter and pain and this is a similar sort of thing so you know mm. well okay I, I mean could well be i can remember I'm, i must have been mid-teens when the first series of his own pet came out and it, from what i can remember yeah. that and only fools and horses were the two shows that i think i've constantly watched over the last mm. 35 years. I think if I ever get bored, because yeah. they've got episodes on, on YouTube of, of Avita's Impact, I'll just put one on. Yeah. Uh, almost mm. like background noise. And you and so it must have been daunting, because you were in Series 2, weren't you? I think it was. That was when they go to Spain. Yeah, Series 2. Yeah, so yeah. was it daunting? Because it was already a, a big hit from Series 1, wasn't it? it? Was a bit daunting going into that sort of, all those other people? Um. Yeah, I was nervous. And I remember my first scene, one of my first scenes was, was with Gary Holton. Mm. And, and there was this big, like, it, it, we were having a cup of tea or something together. And, um, and all, I, all I heard, and I saw the set wobbling like this, and I just heard this clunk, like clunk. And I saw Jimmy's head come over the top of the <laughs> set. And he just went like that. He went, <laughs> and he knew, I was, he, he knew I was nervous. I was basically shooting myself. And um and and I've never forgotten that, and I've always tried to be supportive to other actors because he literally climbed up the set and popped his little head over mm. and gave me support, and I just went right, you know, and um, so it was daunting, but I felt that everyone's so lovely on that. It was like a massive family, mm. and I was working in Spain for five weeks, and I was not in it that much, so I had five weeks. You know, bear in mind, no money actress out in Marbella, bloody hell, what's not to love? Um, so it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So do you yeah. get to spend time with the cast then? You, you would go yeah. out and have evenings out and things? Yeah. What Absolutely. was Jimmy Nail like back then? Because you read stories. Was he like the story saying? Was he a bit of a... No, it annoys me all that. No, it annoys me because everyone, he's got this reputation that goes before him. And he was nothing but lovely to me. He, he's basically, he's a perfectionist and he pushes you and he, he knows what he wants. But like, for example, one day I was sitting in his chair and the, the, one of the runners or second came up to me and said, you know, you're in Jimmy's chair, get out of his chair. And I was like, are you serious? And, and then Jimmy came up and he was like, you're all right, it doesn't matter. But everyone has this thing where they think they thought he was going to go mad and he didn't. And you know, and I think also Jimmy's one of those that if you talk honestly back, like I did a series crocodile shoes with him, mm. and I and I remember I butted heads with him on this one. 
because I, my, I played his sister and my character became a prostitute and had to like, have it off with this bloke. Now, he, I, in the script, I was naked. <laughs> oh, God, I, I remember now. And, um, and, I, and my argument was that, no, no, she'd be embarrassed because she'd never done it before. So she'd be fully suzzied up and have her bask on. I was like, a bit clever. So the only bit of naked flesh was like a bit of thigh. And because it made sense. And um, so he, let, he, he gave me that one. Um, so I think, you know, it's just a kind of working relationship that you've got to um, mm. respect each other, basically. Mm. So what, but, uh, what, series, you know, you what know. series and episode number was that that you had stockings <laughs> and suspenders? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just make a note? Uh, <laughs> I'll IMDB it that. Actually, it was, do you know what? It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, that was the first time I had to do any naughty business like that on on like screen, and it's not pleasant. I mean, I've got to tell you, it's not. It's, I've done a couple of those ones, you know. Do you want? Have you have you heard of a thing called Kate Ross? Say that again. Sorry. It's a, there's a there's a series that it's not. It's about maybe ten, twelve years ago. I did a thing called Kate Ross, oh, and it was it changed its name to Meadowlands, and it had a hell of a cast: Tom Hardy. Um, Harry Treadaway, uh, uh, David Morrissey, Lucy Kohu. I mean, there was loads of loads of like amazing actresses and actors in it. But I had to basically my characters were they were, they were all nutters. But I had to get my whole tits out and everything and shag Harry Treadaway. And I remember the first time that I met him, his poor little face. He was like you could, he just kind of shook, you could see him. He was. I felt so sorry for him anyway, but it's not nice all that stuff. So how do you how do you deal with that when you're acting? Because obviously it's not just the two of you, is it? You've got sound people and cameramen and directors, and you've just you've just got to be committed to it, basically. Um, And I just luckily I'll never have to do that. Luckily, Coronation Street. I don't think me and Brian (laughs) be uh, getting getting down and dirty upstairs in the cabin. Can you, imagine? Um, <laughs> you never know. But, um, <laughs> if Netflix get well, hold of it or HBO get hold of it, who knows what they might well, do to Coronation well, Street. Well, they do that special after hours, Coronation Street. Like, <laughs> there you go. I was just going to say, man, it'd be amiss if we didn't talk about bread. We must talk about bread. Oh, yeah. So how did your involvement in that begin? Was it audition? Um, yeah, audition, basically. And uh, in, uh, funnily enough, when everyone else was dressed up and loads of makeup, when I went for that audition, I'd just gone normal, like in the pair of jeans, and I thought I'd really fucked up, basically. And I, I was like, I've, I've got no chance of getting that. And then I got it. Um, and that was a massive, like, it was. It, I was on Wogan and everything. Mm. And Terry was a bit poorly, I think, that day. And Sue, was it Sue Lawley? Yeah, she used to. Excuse me. She, she did it when I, when I was on Wogan. But it was that was just crazy. It was exciting. It was just wonderful. Um, and I love playing Aveline, yeah. I did. So, I played her the last I was gonna say the last series I did that, I was carrying my daughter, Molly. Um I was carrying her and I was pregnant in the show, so and so she's twenty eight now, so that's a long time ago. Wow. So what's the difference mm. between playing something like in bread where you're in front of a studio audience as opposed to something that's being filmed? Do you prefer one or the other, or um, I've changed a lot because I used to love theatre and doing the live audience, but now I prefer not because I think when you, as I've got older, I've got just more a bit insecure about everything, and um, I like the fact that you can go again. I know soap's quite fast moving, but you do get you do get the chance to do it again if you make a mistake, you know. So 
Um, I, but I did love bread. It was it was fun having a live audience, and it's not easy that mm. because you've got to play up for the audience, but not be too caricaturish. Um, you know, because you're on the, you're obviously on telly, so it's it's kind of skill, it's a different skill. And what, Carla Lane was Carla Lane on the set a lot. Always was she? Always, yeah. And if you had a bacon sandwich, we'll be tired. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we'd all we'd be like this. Yeah. Morning, morning, morning. Because obviously she's a massive vegetarian, mm. um, and you'd get a lecture. Yeah. But listen, that was happy, happy days, happy days. So was that filmed at like BBC Television Centre and stuff? Yeah. So would you come yeah, across other things that were being filmed at the same time? So would other comedy shows be be filmed at the same time? Um, I can't. Yeah, I. I I can't really remember that. I just re- we went to Liverpool to do the experience, and um, and then obviously in the studios for for all the in series. But yeah, I think we're just in our own little bubble, really. I can't I can't really remember bumping into anybody else. But I suppose they were all going on in all the studios. I mean, it was a hive of activity, mm, wasn't mm, it? Mm. Um, the mm. other thing I want to talk about is uh, is Stardust. As well, because that's a that's a favourite mm. movie of mine. I do enjoy that. It's a, just a great, Is it? it's a great romp of a movie. They, they don't sort of make movies like mm. that anymore. Um, and you had quite a, a big part in that one. Yeah, it was. It, it's and that's another interesting story. How I got that? I can rattle. God, I bet <laughs> no, you're going, you carry on. She can rattle. No, no, this is she good. She can bloody rattle. This her. is all um, gold. <laughs> well, well. I tell you what it was. Was I was reading? You know, the secret, the book, secret about channeling what you want. And basically, I had to go and do a table read of Stardust in town where where you, you get like 10 actors and they read all the parts around a big table and Matthew Vaughan and the producers listen and kind of work work things out. So I, I did that and I read a few parts and I loved Ditchwater Sal. And Matthew Vaughan came up to me and said, wow, you know, I thought you did a really good read of Ditchwater Sal. So I was very excited about that and I was channeling it and doing my whole, you know, I've got to get this. My, you know, what's for you won't go by you and all these things. <laughs> and um, and then I found out that they cast somebody else in it, and I was devastated, literally devastated. Um, there's there's loads of things happen to you in an actor, and you you know, and you just have to push yourself off and go. That's you know, that's life. That's life. Move on. But I was gutted about that because I did think I was going to get it. And then I got an offer to play. Um, it was an um, off screen of. It was basically a voiceover. But it was two days filming, and Matthew said, "Look, would you like to do it?" Um, and I think they were going to put me in vision, just as a consulate, you know, being nice. Mm. And I was like, "But I'm not going to do that, you know, my part." And my husband was like, "Melanie, Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, get your ass on that plane, stop being bloody stupid, and you know, pride bullshit, get mm. up there." Anyway, I went up. Um, it was two thousand pounds, and it was you know I was like, you know, think of the money, get up, you know. So I got up there, and uh, I was in my winnie, and there was a little knock on the door, and it was Matthew's assistant, and he said, "Can I have a word?" Oh no, he said Matthew would like a word with you, and I was like, "What?" And I remember walking past the the the, um, the winnie that said Ditchwater Sal, and I was like, "That was my part. That was my part." <laughs> And he, he, he walked in my window and he said, would you like to play the part? And the thing, the, the reason I'm telling this quite long, boring story is, um, I think it, you do bring part, you do bring things to yourself if you want them that much. 
because the night before I'd gone for an Indian and I'd looked in my wallet, I had, I had ditch water sal written and I'd, and I got the piece of paper out and I was like, well, that didn't work. But, you know, I, I, and I do think that I still brought it to myself by mm. that just genuine wanting it and, and literally communicating with the universe. So, and it bloody worked. And I was on set within half an hour as ditch water sal. Wow. And it, it was the best, it was the best experience of my life. Um, was it a, and I, was and it a I, good set? Was it was it a really close set with everyone working together? A close? What do you mean close? As in friends? As, what do you mean? Yeah, as in as a, like like you said, was working on Alfred's yeah. and kept being a family. Um, it, it wasn't as much like obviously you've got Robert De Niro and he, like he's not going to he never sort of hung out with us. He'd always get ushered off after a take or whatever. But, but, I mean, we did chat with him. He was lovely. He was absolutely lovely. And I'll tell you who did hang out with us, uh, Claire Danes and Michelle Pfeiffer, who, was, who they were amazing. Michelle was like, come in my Winnie, you know, just let's hang out. And she was literally, like, beautiful and gorgeous. And Claire Danes was just lovely. And I was just grateful to be working, obviously, with these absolute superstars. So it, it, that was the biggest buzz of my entire life being able to ring up my mom and stuff and you'll never guess what <laughs> so it, it you know it's just you know i'm so my job we're so lucky in this profession because we get to do amazing things like that and uh, and that's why i love it mm. Mm. Well, you're in one of my favorite films melanie is uh, from hell oh yeah i yeah. love that movie i think it's a great movie yeah, well, I was funnily. This, I've got another story on that one. My dad, I took him to the premiere, and um, and it was funny because it was his brothers, what the, uh, not the Cohen brothers, the Hughes brothers. Yeah, it, they, it, the directors were two two brothers, and they actually came to me when we were doing. I had three or four scenes, and they were like, "At least you know you're integral to this part, this this film. You'll never be cut because your part's really important." And we sat at the premiere. And I was watching the film and I was like, I'm sure this happens after my scene. And they cut me out of the things. I was only in the video with the extras. So I wasn't in the actual film. So they had to cut me. And my poor father was sat there and I wasn't even in it. So, so, um, so never believe a word the director say to you when they go, you'll not be cut from this. I, don't, I think the actress in it, who was the actress in it? She's lovely, pretty. Um, Heather Small. I think she fucked it up for me or something. They said that she something happened. Shady business or something. But I was on a train down to London and these two gay guys came and sat with me and they were like, Oh my god, you were in from hell. <laughs> And they loved, they've seen the director's court and they said I was in it. Oh. I've never actually seen myself yeah, in it. Yeah, so. I've got it, well, behind so. me. Oh, marvellous. <laughs> well, I'm glad I did appear eventually. Um, did you? But did, it's like, this is what I mean. I was going to say, did you not buy your dad the DVD so that you could at least see the bits no. that you were in? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I didn't really bring it this subject up again. I think he was a bit devastated. Oh, dear. But that's why this, it's a bonkers world, this, and you just can't take yourself seriously. Mm. And, you know, and that's why I just think um, Daisy May, which is an, incidentally is my granddaughter's name, just got to say that, hi, Daisy May. Um, but she, when she went to the bathroom, all these awards, just dress, just doing with the bin bags, with the, with the, with the football, brilliant. 
brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um, the other um, role that I, I think you are in, what I think is the best episode of The Thick of It, the the party <laughs> conference. I, I think I've, I've watched the series over and over again, but I think I've watched that episode. I don't know how many times I've watched that episode. It is just so... So how, how was that working with Malcolm Tucker for a start and, uh, and Armando Iannucci and all oh, those? Christ. Oh, well, oh, oh, yeah. you know, it's one of those. But I did, I worked with Peter Capaldi before. We did an afternoon play. Um, I played, uh, yeah, I did a thing with him. So I knew him, but it was very... Um, intimidating in a way because they're so clever those lot mm. they're just they, they're wit they're sharp they're intelligent and i and i was i was freaking myself and you, you basically you run through the uh, ideas together but then the minute you get on set they start filming so instead of marking out shots doing a master shot and what are they what's going to happen they just start filming you and of course you're just laughing the whole time because peter was swear <laughs> and, so, and just make you laugh but they just carry on filming and just try and edit and you, when you watch it right you go how did they actually ha- show that because we were just pissing ourselves laughing um but i loved it i loved it i'm just so proud to be in that as well um and i think armando in which is a genius so um mm. yeah that was a good job i've been lucky i have been so lucky with things i've, I've had to do so has there been a role you've ever wanted to do, Melanie, that you've not yet done? Uh, well, when I was younger, I would have liked... Well, I suppose I could do, still do it. Lady Macbeth, I, I, I wanted to do that. I think I could do a good turn of that. But I think I'm too nervous now. I think I've got past the point where, you know, stage just makes me a bit nervous. So I think I've blown that one. Oh, I know which one. Uh, Oliver, you know, Nancy and Oliver. Oh, really yeah. wanted to play that. Really wanted to play that. I love watching that film. That's my husband's favourite film, Jimmy. And uh, we watch that when we have a few drinks. <laughs> and, I, and I think I'm her and I get on the table and start dancing. We <laughs> usually I, fall off. I had a bit of a fanboy moment myself when we managed to uh, interview Mark Lester, didn't we? A couple of years did ago. You? We did, yes. We did. Wow. What's he like? He's 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 brilliant. He's, <laughs> he's, is he? He is. He's, he's good so, for a laugh. He is. He's uh, yeah, a good. Is he? Because he had, he knew uh, uh, Michael Jackson, didn't he? He did. We didn't broach that subject. <laughs> <Did> we? <laughs> well, we we did two interviews with him. One on the Q and A stage. We yeah. we asked him questions. Thought it wouldn't relevant to it then, and we chickened out on the podcast we did. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. No, I well, know. Could have, could, have been a whole doc- could have been a whole documentary that could have been, couldn't it? Mm, uh, yeah. Right, before we carry on, uh, we're going to play a little game, uh, Melanie. We're going to play Kerry or Curtain. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you a All line right. of dialogue and you need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain that said it. Oh, Are you yeah. ready? Here we go. Yeah. Number one, do you know how small your brain is? Who said that? Do you know how small your brain is? I think Curtin would have said that about Kerry. Actually, that was Kerry talking to Levi in the very first episode when Levi says that that, that he plumbed her house. Oh, yes. I thought they were going to talk about each other, so I love that plumbing. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, it's they could be talking to anyone. It's not being plumbed. (laughs) That's right. Number two. Yeah, go on. Do you know what? I'm going to get all these wrong. (laughs) Do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you two gents today. 
Do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you two gents today. I don't know. Give me a clue. It's either Kerry or Curtin. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just trying to think who who uh, who she would say it to. I we I'm going to go Curtin. Well done. That Back was in the, King um, of the Nerds when he was talking to the two met, young right. guys um, who oh, were buying, buying yeah, yeah, his yeah, Warhammer yeah. stuff. And they played the game. That's right. So that's one out of two. Yeah. Right, number three. Yeah. And seeing as no one else is stepping up to the mark, I begrudgingly accept. Kerry. No. Kerry. That was Kerry. Kerry. That was in the very last what? episode when the vicar offered her Lord of the Harvest. She said, and seeing no one else is stepping up to the mark, yeah. I begrudgingly yes. accept. So yes. that's two out of three. With well a done. lovely hat. That's right, lovely yes. Hat. <laughs> Number four. That's annoying. I literally just got here. That's annoying. I literally just got here. Just got here. Carrie. That was Curtain in the Aftermath oh, special. Which one's that? So tell me, about, tell me the story. The Aftermath special, that's when he gets there and mentions that he had the gas mask on. And Kerry said, oh, where'd yeah. you get that from? He said, from Sandra's front yeah. garden. And then she goes storming off mm-hmm. to go and get all of her dad's stuff. So that's, uh, what's yeah. that, two out of four so far. The last one, we'll have missed the combine demonstration for sure, which is a shame. We'll have right, m- that's a... Uh... That's uh, is that when it was a birthday and they wanted to do the steam train thing, the steam fair. Are you no. saying that's Kerry? I would say yes. Yes, it is. Three out of five steam fair. Well done. Three out of five. That's really good. Very respectful, Melanie. Do you know what though? That remember you know the uh, episode where he pissed off the the bus driver. That was yes. the birthday, wasn't that it? That was the worst. When, yeah. And he wouldn't, and then they, and the bus came along and he was just like. <laughs> 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 That was that one was of funny. the Fox Twins. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Hilarious. And the dump in the tent, which always made me laugh. That's right. Brilliant. That's Brilliant. right. Um, now the other thing I think we should talk about, obviously, is the legendary Coronation Street, which you're you're uh, mm. now on. So again, how did that come about? Obviously, you must have auditioned, yeah. and you've been watching Coronation Street for yeah. a long time, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And and I was at my dad's when my agent rang and said, "Would you like Would you like to go for an audition for Coronation Street?" I was like, "Yeah, are you crazy?" Um, and then I did like I did about three different meetings with them, and I did a screen test, and I was very nervous. I mean, it, it, to get onto the a set, the Rovers Return, which you've watched all your life, it's terrifying. Um, and I remember the first scene that I had to audition with, I had to open a brolly and I'd brought my own brolly with me because I'd read the script and I'd gone out and bought everything that I needed. And they wouldn't let me take it on the set. And they were like, no, no, we've got a brolly. So I had to leave my brolly what I'd bought. And the brolly they gave me wouldn't go up. So I, so I, so I went like this and the bloody brolly didn't go up. So that really made me doubly nervous. Um, so I was not happy about that. Um, but the director was amazing and gave me like six goes at it. So, um, and then it was with David Nielsen, obviously, to play Roy's um, friend. And then, and I got the part, and I'm just, I love it. I love it there. It's a dream job, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, when you yeah. audition for something like Coronation Street, Naomi, what do they give you to read? Is it just the script from Corrie? 
Yeah. Basically, it's what they gave me, and I've and also I've seen other times they've done it. They give they amalgamate about five different scenes. So they put you have like a, a big twelve page scene that you have to go on learn it obviously, and then they actually you go on set and they have a camera uh, script and everything. So you literally film it as as if it was going out on telly. Mm. So yeah, um, yeah. So that was it basically. So is um, it is it like being like a kid at a new school when you go there for the first day, or do you are there because of you're you're an actress? Yeah. There are people there that you maybe worked with before. Is is it quite a hard way of just kind of getting in? Yeah, I did know a couple of people, but I did I stayed in my dressing room, like because I was terrified to go in the green room. And I think I've spoken to other actors uh, since, and they did exactly the same thing because you just you just like embarrassed that, that you're going to call them by their the character names which i did <laughs> i so and that's embarrassing but i think everyone's so lovely they just you're used to seeing them on screen as you know as their characters um but it's a great it's a it sounds cliche but it's a fam it is a family there as well and we were absolutely gutted when we had to stop but it was getting weird and i was in that last i was meant to be in filming and I didn't feel happy about it, to be honest. I was, I was still going to go, but it's this whole. It's everyone was scared. You mm. don't know if you know to keep two meters apart, and you know we were kind of bravely carrying on, but it's horrible not seeing everyone. Mm. Um, yeah. So I just, you know, we had an, a lovely email today, in fact, off the producer saying, you know, they're all working really hard. They've got great ideas. They, everything's like they've never stopped so they're editing and trying to get episodes finished and they're going to hit the ground running which is really heartening to hear basically mm. and i think i know talking because we've got whatsapp to chat you know with the cast and we, we just can't wait to get back basically yeah yeah um, well the soap operas famously deal with issues in the country and that well are they going to be dealing mm. with the issue that's going on now to address it yeah to be honest i've no clue because obviously what we shot is, is eight weeks in the past before this, we even knew about this virus. So it is weird when you're watching it and nobody's mentioning it. But, and, you know, we've had a few people on Twitter saying they're in the pub, they should be in the pub. But, you know, we've, we've shot this before this disease existed. So now I, we don't know anything what's going on. They, I know they're trying to keep uh, the groups of people filming when we go back as small as possible. Um, but we've got a great team of writers, and I'm sure they're going to come up with some great ideas. Mm. Um, I'm sure um, they will. Who knows? Yes. I'm sure they will. It is sad that we're not going to be in the in you know in people's living rooms, and you know when people are being isolated and stuff. But we've got enough episodes till June, I think June, mm. and then we'll have to reassess and see what happens. Yeah, and you're in the best um, soap, Melanie. It's by far better yes, than I that, am. That, um, <laughs> Thank you. That other oh. thing on the BBC. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that is. Well, no, we won't even mention that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the other thing What's I was going to... What are you talking about? <laughs> the other thing, you know, you're a big Sunderland fan as well. Yeah. So, I, well, I mean... Obviously, we've already have the, the 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 depressing thing of the virus and everything. What what's gone wrong with Sunderland <laughs> over the last few years? I don't know what's going on. And there's a there's a documentary called Sunderland Till I Die. Yeah, I haven't seen it see yet. That? Is it good? I've watched it. It's brilliant. It, amazing. But there's a new one coming out, which will be quite interesting because it's obviously going to be season after that. And um, 
it'll be interesting and gutting. Mm. It's, just, it's it's like bittersweet watching how it all. It's fascinating watching all what goes on behind closed doors, but it's also gutting. Um, and it's everything suspended now, isn't it? So who knows what's going to happen? Nobody um, knows. No. Yeah. Have you always been a big football fan then, Melanie? Yeah, I have. I have. I used to go with my um, my mom, and uh, yeah, I I went when obviously we had Wilker Park and this Wilker Park not a stadium light, and I used to go then with my mates. Um, so, yeah, no, I do, I love it. You can't be a football atmosphere, can you? No. And going along that Wembley way when, you know, it just, <laughs> it's just the atmosphere is just, it's that camaraderie, and it's so weird because if you get the same kind of people, amount of people around you and they're not your team, you feel intimidated. And it's a bit weird that because, it, you know, it's it's just fans enjoying themselves, but when it's your fat, your like the red and white army, and you're going along, you feel amazing, and it's just energizing. But I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of tribal thing, isn't it? Really? Mm. About football, what's so wonderful? And it is weird in the time that we're in now. So, in the time that we're in now, we've been saturated with football for so long. You know, there's like a, a game on TV yeah. every other day. No. And now, when we've been two or three weeks of there not being any football, you really I miss know. it. And you and you just yeah, want you know I've played a lot of FIFA on the PlayStation just so I can watch football <laughs> because there's nothing <laughs> else, there's nothing else to do. I think oh look, there's actually yeah. a football pitch and it's, it's great to watch. Yeah. Um, one more yeah. question. Um, hypothetical. It's a, mm. a bare knuckle boxing match between Bomber of Alvita's own pet and Martin Mucklow. Who would win? Bomber, because he'd beat the shit out of Martin Martin Mucklow, <laughs> and I'll be I'd be on this. Bloody touchline going, yeah, go on, <laughs> Bomber, go on. All right, let's mix it up a bit. What about Bomber versus Big Mandy? Ooh. Bit, bit closer on, but Bomber, I think, is still have it. <laughs> I think you're you know right. Because I mean? Bomber is Bomber. You know? Bomber is Bomber. Melanie, of course, been... he was oh, West I'm... Country as well, wasn't he? He was you West what? Country. He was Bristol. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. 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 Bless yeah, him. Bless him. Happy days. Indeed, indeed. And the happy days will come back again, I'm sure. It won't yeah. be long before yeah. we'll be allowed out and, and uh, get some fresh air. <sighs> yeah, well, hopefully. And, and you never know, they might do a special. Well, they, 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 that's they've never hoping. ruled out a special or a movie. Right, right. There you go. You the relative from yeah, the I, I'm up for any, anything. I'll just, I would come in and sweep the floor in the background <laughs> or pull a pint or anything. <laughs> I'd love. I just love it. So, uh, Melanie, thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been a. It's been a real pleasure and to, to chat to you. It really has. And been you awesome. guys, and yeah, we'll look forward to like maybe having a pint together when everyone can like, any, any hug t- each other. I was going to say, anytime you find yourself in the Cotswolds, then come down. Yay. We'll give you. We'll give you a tour of North Leach and show you where all the where Big Mandy's house is, where Kerry's house is. I, I bloody love that. There I you go. That. And we'll have a pint in the keepers. And we'll have a pint in the Yay. keepers. There you go. <laughs> or maybe a big bottle of uh, whatever that is. It's got cucumber in gin it. Gin and tonic. Wow. Yeah, gin and tonic. <laughs> Lovely. See you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for having much. me. No problem. Thank you, Melanie. Bye. Bye. Right, Neil, Bye. if you want to give us a bit of your housekeeping. Absolutely. Well, you can find us on all the social medias under WTAF This Country. Please do follow us if you're not already. You can email us at WTAFpodcast at hotmail.com if you've got any questions whilst bored in lockdown. Or you can go to our website, which is WTAFthiscountry.com. Did you read that off of a card this time? 
No, I didn't. <laughs> like you did. I thought you was cheating. That was pretty impressive. That was. I'm on my own. I'm on my own practicing oh, that in the mirror day. Fair and play. And you I'm can also come and so, up, so you can also come and support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Uh, that's it. Thank you again, Melanie. Thank you, See Melanie. Ya. Thank you, See Neil. You uh, thanks very much, Thank everyone. And go and, get, go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.